Section number 17 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lauren Jane. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. When it was the six hundred and eighty-fifth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Yunus the scribe said to Walid, Allah forbid I should repent over her. Had I made gift of her to the prince, she were the least of gifts that are given to him, nor indeed is she worthy of his rank. Walid rejoined, By Allah, but I repented me of having carried her away from thee, and said to myself, This man is a stranger, and knoweth me not and I have taken him by surprise, and acted inconsiderately by him in my haste to take the damsel. Dost thou recall what passed between us? Quoth Yunus, Yes. And quoth Walid, Dost thou sell this damsel to me for fifty thousand dirhams? And Yunus said, I do. Then the prince called to one of his servants to bring him fifty thousand dirhams, and a thousand and five hundred dinars to boot, and gave them all to Yunus, saying, Take the slave's price. The thousand dinars are for thy fair opinion of us, and the five hundred are for thy viaticum, and for what present thou shalt buy for thy people. Art thou content? I am content, answered Yunus, and kissed his hands, saying, By Allah, thou hast filled my eyes and my hands and my heart. Quoth Walid, By Allah, I have as yet had no privacy of her, nor have I taken my fill of her singing. Bring her to me. So she came, and he bade her sit, then said to her, Sing. And she sang these verses. O thou who dost comprise all beauty's boons, O sweet of nature, fain of coquetry, In Turks and Arabs many beauties dwell, But, O my fawn, in none thy charms I see. Turn to thy lover, O my fair, And keep thy word, though but in visioned fantasy. Shame and disgrace are lawful for thy sake and wakeful nights fulfill with joy and glee. I'm not the first for thee who fared distraught, slain by thy love how many a many be. I am content with thee for worldly share, dearer than life and good art thou to me. When he heard this, he was delighted exceedingly, and praised Eunice for his excellent teaching of her and her fair education. Then he bade his servants bring him a roadster with saddle and housings for his riding, and a mule to carry his gear, and said to him, O Yunus, when it shall reach thee that command hath come to me, do thou join me, and by Allah I will fill thy hands with good, and advance thee to honour, and make thee rich as long as thou livest. So Yunus said, I took his goods and went my ways, and when Walid succeeded to the caliphate, I repaired to him, and by Allah he kept his promise and entreated me with high honour and munificence. Then I abode with him in all content of case and rise of rank, and mine affairs prospered, and my wealth increased, and goods and farms became mine, such as sufficed me and will suffice my heirs after me. Nor did I cease to abide with Walid till he was slain, the mercy of Almighty Allah be on him. And men tell a tale concerning Harun al-Rashid and the Arab girl. The Caliph Harun al-Rashid was walking one day with Ja'afar the Barmecide, when he espied a company of girls drawing water, and went up to them having a mind to drink. 
As he drew near, one of them turned to her fellows and improvised these lines. Thy phantom bid thou fleet and fly far from the couch whereon I lie, so I may rest and quench the fire, bonfire in bones, I flaming high. My lovesick form, love's restless palm, rolls o'er the rug whereon I sigh. How tis with me thou wottest well, how long then union wilt deny? The caliph marvelled at her elegance and eloquence, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and eighty-sixth night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the caliph, hearing the girl's verses, marvelled at her elegance and eloquence, and said to her, O daughter of nobles, are these thine own, or a quotation? Replied she, They are my very own. And he rejoined, And thou say sooth, keep the sense, and change the rhyme. So she said, Bid thou thy phantom distance keep, and quit this couch the while I sleep, so I may rest and quench the flames, through all my body rageful creep. In lovesick one whom passion's palms roll o'er the bed where grief I weep, how tis with me thou wottest well, all but thy union hold I cheap. Quoth the caliph, This also is stolen. And quoth she, Nay, tis my very own. He said, If it be indeed thine own, change the rhyme again, and keep the sense. So she recited the following, Unto thy phantom deal behest, to shun my couch the while I rest, so I repose and quench the fire that burns what lieth in my breast. My weary form loves restless palm, rolls o'er with boon of sleep unblest. How tis with me thou wottest well, when union's bought tis haply best. Quoth al-Rashid, this too is stolen. And quoth she, not so, tis mine. He said, if thy words be true, change the rhyme once more. And she recited, drive off the ghost that ever shows beside my couch when I'd repose. So I may rest and quench the fire Beneath my ribs ere flames and glows. In lovesick one whom passion's palms Roll o'er the couch where weeping flows. How tis with me thou wottest well. Will union come as union goes? Then said the caliph, Of what part of this camp art thou? And she replied, Of its middle in dwelling, And of its highest in tent poles. Wherefore he knew that she was the daughter of the tribal chief. And thou, quoth she, of what art thou among the guardians of the horses? And quoth he, of the highest in tree, and of the ripest in fruit. Allah protect thee, O commander of the faithful, said she, and kissing the ground, called down blessings on him. Then she went away with the maidens of the Arabs. And the caliph said to Ja'afar, There is no help for it, but I take her to wife. So Ja'afar repaired to her father, and said to him, the commander of the faithful hath a mind to thy daughter. He replied, With love and good will, she is a gift as a handmaid to his highness our lord, the commander of the faithful. So he equipped her and carried her to the caliph, who took her to wife and went into her, and she became of the dearest of his women to him. Furthermore, he bestowed on her father largesse such as succored him among Arabs, till he was transported to the mercy of Almighty Allah. The caliph, hearing of his death, went into her greatly troubled. And when she saw him looking afflicted, she entered her chamber, and doffing all that was upon her of rich raiment, donned mourning apparel, and raised lament for her father. It was said to her, 
What is the reason of this? And she replied, My father is dead. So they repaired to the caliph and told him, and he rose and going into her, asked her who had informed her of her father's death. And she answered, It was thy face, O commander of the faithful. Said he, How so? And she said, Since I have been with thee, I never saw thee on such wise till this time, and there was none for whom I feared save my father by reason of his great age. But may thy head live, O commander of the faithful. The caliph's eyes filled with tears, and he condoled with her, but she ceased not to mourn for her father till she followed him. Allah have mercy on the twain. And a tale is also told of Al-Azma'i and the three girls of Basarah. The commander of the faithful, Harun al-Rashid, was exceeding restless one night, and rising from his bed, paced from chamber to chamber, but could not compose himself to sleep. As soon as it was day, he said, Fetch me al-Azma'i. So the eunuch went out and told the doorkeepers. These sent for the poet, and when he came, informed the caliph, who bade admit him, and said to him, O Asma'i, I wish thee to tell me the best thou hast heard of stories of women and their verses. Answered al-Azma'i, Hearkening and obedience. I have heard great store of women's verses, but none pleased me save three sets of couplets I once heard from three girls. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and eighty-seventh night, she pursued. It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Al-Azma'i said to the prince of true believers, Verily I have heard much, but nothing pleased me save three sets of couplets improvised by as many girls. Quoth the caliph, Tell me of them. And quoth he, Know then, O commander of the faithful, that I once abode in Bassorah. And one day as I was walking, the heat was sore upon me, and I sought for a siesta place, but found none. However, by looking right and left, I came upon a porch, swept and sprinkled. At the upper end whereof was a wooden bench under an open lattice window, whence exhaled a scent of musk. I entered the porch, and sitting down on the bench, would have stretched me at full length, when I heard from within a girl's sweet voice talking and saying, O oh my sisters, we are here seated to spend our day in friendly converse, so come, let us each put down an hundred dinars, and recite a line of verse, and whoso extemporizeth the goodliest and sweetest line, the three hundred dinars shall be hers. With love and gladness, said the others, and the eldest recited the first couplet, which is thus. Would he come to my bed during sleep twere delight, but a visit on wake were delightsomer sight. Quoth the second, Naught came to salute me in sleep save his shade, but welcome, fair welcome, I cried to the sprite. Then said the youngest, My soul and my folk I engage for the youth. Musk-scented I see in my bed every night. Quoth I, And she be fair as her verse hath grace, the thing is complete in every case. Then I came down from my bench, and was about to go away, when, behold, the door opened, and out came a slave girl, who said to me, Sit, O Sheikh. So I climbed up and sat down again, when she gave me a scroll wherein was written, in characters of the utmost beauty, with straight alifs, big-bellied has, and rounded was, the following. We would have the sheikh, Allah lengthen his days, to know that we are three maidens, sisters, sitting in friendly converse, who have laid down each an hundred dinars, conditioning that whoso recite the goodliest and sweetest couplet 
shall have the whole three hundred dinars, and we appoint thee umpire between us. So decide as thou seest best, and the peace be on thee. Quoth I to the girl, Here to me ink case and paper. So she went in, and returning after a little, brought me a silvered ink case and gilded pens, with which I wrote these couplets. They talked of three beauties, whose converse was quite like the talk of a man with experience dight. Three maidens who borrowed the bloom of the dawn, making hearts of their lovers in sorriest plight. They were hidden from eyes of the prior and spy, who slept and their modesty mote not affright. So they opened whatever lay hid in their hearts, and in frolicsome fun began verse to indite. Quoth one fair coquette with her amorous grace, whose teeth for the sweet of her speech flashed bright. Would he come to my bed during sleep, twere delight, but a visit on wake were delightsomer sight. When she ended, her verse by her smiling was gilt. Then the second gan singing, as nightingale might. Naught came to salute me in sleep save his shade. But welcome, fair welcome, I cried to the sprite. But the third I preferred, for she said in reply, With expression most apposite, exquisite. My soul and my folk I engage for the youth, Musk-scented I see in my bed every night. So when I considered their words to decide, and not make me the mock of the cynical white. I pronounced for the youngest, declaring her verse, Of all verses be that which is nearest the right. Then I gave scroll to the slave girl, who went upstairs with it, and behold, I heard a noise of dancing and clapping of hands, and doomsday astir. Quoth I to myself, Tis no time of me to stay here. So I came down from the platform, and was about to go away, when the damsel cried out to me, Sit down, O Asmai. Asked I, Who gave thee to know that I was al Asmai? And she answered, O Sheikh, and thy name be unknown to us, thy poetry is not. So I sat down again, and suddenly the door opened, and out came the first damsel, with a dish of fruits and another of sweetmeats. I ate of both, and praised their fashion, and would have ganged my gait, but she cried out, Sit down, O Asmai. Wherewith I raised my eyes to her, and saw a rosy palm in a saffron sleeve, Meseemed it was the full moon rising splendid in the cloudy east. Then she threw me a purse, containing three hundred dinars, and said to me, This is mine, and I give it to thee by way of douceur in requital of thy judgment. Quoth the caliph, Why didst thou decide for the youngest? And quoth Al-Azmai, O commander of the faithful, whose life Allah prolong. The eldest said, I should delight in him if he visited my couch in sleep. Now this is restricted and dependent upon a condition which may befall or may not befall, whilst for the second an image of dreams came to her in sleep, and she saluted it. But the youngest's couplet said that she actually lay with her lover, and smelt his breath sweeter than musk, and she engaged her soul and her folk for him, which she had not done were he not dearer to her than her sprite. Said the caliph, Thou didst well, O Asmai and gave him other three hundred ducats in payment of his story. And I have heard a tale concerning Ibrahim of Mosul and the Devil. Quoth Abu Ishaq Ibrahim al-Masili, I asked al-Rashid once to give me a day's leave, that I might be private with the people of my household and my brethren. And he gave me leave for Saturday the Sabbath. So I went home and betook myself to making ready meat and drink and other necessaries, and bade the doorkeepers shut the doors and let none come in to me. However, presently, as I sat in my sitting-chamber with my women, who were looking after my wants, behold, there appeared an old man of comely and reverend aspect, 
clad in white clothes and a shirt of fine stuff, with a doctor's turban on his head, and a silver-handled staff in his hand. And the house and porch were full of the perfumes wherewith he was scented. I was greatly vexed at his coming in to me, and thought to turn away the doorkeepers. But he saluted me after the goodliest fashion, and I returned his greeting and bade him be seated. So he sat down, and began entertaining me with stories of the Arabs and their verses, till my anger left me, and methought my servants had sought to pleasure me by admitting a man of such good breeding and fine culture. Then I asked him, Art thou for meat? And he answered, I have no need of it. And for drink? quoth I. And quoth he, That is as thou wilt. So I drank off a pint of wine, and poured him out the like. Then he said, O Abu Ishaq, wilt thou sing us somewhat, so we may hear of thine art, that wherein thou excellest high and low? His words angered me, but I swallowed my anger, and taking the lute, played and sang. Well done, O Abu Ishaq, said he. Whereat my wrath redoubled, and I said to myself, Is it not enough that he should intrude upon me without my leave, and importune me thus, but that he must call me by name, as though he knew not the right way to address me? Quoth he, and thou wilt sing something more, we will requite thee. I dissembled my annoyance, and took the lute and sang again, taking pains with what I sang, and rising thereto altogether, in consideration of his saying, We will requite thee. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 17. Recording by Lauren Jane, Dublin, Ireland.